recording here a podcast known as That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon Perna with Will Keys. We are the week before the Pro Bowl. They say the most important game of the year, Pro Bowl football, Will. Um, yeah, who's your winner? Who do you think is going to win? It's just I don't know how the AFC doesn't win this year. Yeah, I think the NFC is a lock. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is this is gonna get once heated. again we're at odds. This is gonna get heated. Um, I think I should get a chance to pick it and then have it count to uh, our pick totals for the oh, year. Oh, okay, we can do that. Yeah. So I'll take the NFC. You got the AFC, and right. it's worth five points, by the way. Yeah, that will. <laughs> no wait. Or, no, no, however wait. many I'm down. Okay. <laughs> We'll say if you pick it right, it can make it even for the Super Bowl. Um, but Maybe. in reality, I st- in reality, <laughs> I still win. But in reality, you won, yeah. We can bend the rules for the There's picks. no getting around it. I know everybody wants the drama of that, but you won fair and square. Yeah. You know, I, I picked them right when it counted. That's just what we need to remember. You did. You got better as the season went on. I got worse. Yeah. I'm like the it. I'm like the Chiefs in that manner. You are, yeah. I guess not that I not that I want to compare myself to them. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, you got the easiest road to the Super Bowl with the Texans and Titans, but you know, other than that, you got uh, better. I don't know about the Titans, but the Texans definitely. Uh, yeah, we're talking about a nine and seven team here. I never thought they were good. You can check the tapes on that one too. <laughs> I never said they were good. Never thought they were going to win. Yeah, well, you were wrong a couple times. Uh, today, we're going to get to Gronk's Beach Party. There are some some ticket prices I want to run by you. Uh, Mike Florio has done an excellent job at pissing off Chiefs fans. I mean, like, to max, max level pissed off. Yeah. Uh, Mike Shula is interviewing for the Broncos uh, quarterback's coaching job. Kubiak will be the Vikings OC. We'll give our thoughts on the championship games, the Pro Bowls testing a couple rules, Eli Manning retired. I was going to say not much happened, but kind of it sounds like kind of, kind a, of a lot of shit yeah. right there. Um, let me start with this Gronk's beach party, Will. We got to ease into everything. Uh, <laughs> so I got curious because I saw an ad for it on Instagram. God damn it. Okay, so my internet went down which means my pages for Gronk's Beach Party went down. Gronkbeach.com is where you get this. Okay, so the experience, the artist, ticket prices. If you had to guess, oh, wait, they <laughs> they sold out of the, it looks like they sold out of the cheap ones. So the cheapest ticket price re- remaining, what do you think that is? Oh man, thousand dollars. Four ninety nine, but okay. close. So that is tier seven, though. Oh my gosh, seven tiers. No, that there are ten. There's there's way more tiers than that. Oh god. Tiers one one through six sold out. Uh, the cheapest were one hundred forty nine ninety nine. Four ninety nine buys you access to Gronk Beach, uh, six hour open bar, unlimited okay. bites including uh, STK Steakhouse, the Salty Donut, Miami Smokers, 
bodegas, tacos, uh, beachfront attractions, and games. What what does the what does the one fifty get you? Uh, I don't know because it's like crossed out and it doesn't even give you an option to look at it anymore. I don't think you even get in for one fifty. I think you might. I think you get to watch it on TV. It's like pay per view. Watch it through a chain link fence. Yeah. With all you can eat. Electrified fence. Uh, the natural light. Gravel and dirt. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So then you can get a VIP all inclusive ticket for one thousand ninety nine dollars. That is tier six. Is that the highest one? Nope. You want to know what the highest one is? I do. It's a hundred thousand dollars. What? What it is? Okay, yeah, tell me what. It is called the ship stage table, limited to one. Click here for packages. It is Win Nightlife. Uh, it's the Las Vegas VIP experience coming to Miami for Gronk Beach. Uh, hosted by Encore Beach Club. VIP table guests will enjoy the exclusive wind deck with the very best views of the main stage. Get ready for over-the-top tropical-style bottle presentations included with each table. Uh, access to wind nightlife VIP deck. Reserved VIP, VIP table with premium main stage views. Fast lane wind VIP entrance. Dedicated win VIP only upscale restrooms. That's a bonus. Unlimited bites. What that, you, you got the unlimited bites with the other shit. Uh, and that's it. I'm gonna be honest. This is starting to sound um, a lot like Fire Festival. Yeah, there's hundred thousand, fifty thousand, fifteen thousand, twelve thousand, ten thousand, fifteen hundred. See, I would have guessed like 1500 would be the highest you could go for Gronk, Gronk Beach Party. Sure isn't. I can't talk sure right now. God. Um, what are you willing to pay for this? 150 was would, would have been my max. And also, was, it, uh, we should probably get a press pass for this. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know if they give those away. Well, the worst answer you can get is no, right? Yeah. I could, mm-hmm. I could, uh, I don't know, even know. do I just reach out to Gronk? I think so. Okay. I think I just call him. Hey, Gronk. 1-800-GRONK. I need some VIP press passes, and I will cover your uh, beach party with video to help promote it after the party. Yes. Everybody focuses on promotion before, but really where you can make no. money is after promotion. Yeah. Uh, it's like highlights after a game. Yeah. You can sell the, the video experience later. Mm-hmm. The memory. We will implant the memory of you getting the $100,000 tier. Yes. Who would pay that? I couldn't imagine paying... A lot of people pay for a lot stupider things. I guess so. For a party. A party, you know, doesn't last that long. I didn't even want to pay, like, a lot of money for my wedding reception. (laughs) Uh, but you gotta do that if you don't pay you know if you cheap out there it, it's a virus that spreads throughout the rest of the marriage yeah you know yeah something you gotta do this though it, well this could also ruin your marriage <laughs> very easily yeah 100 grand like i could buy a 
four cars for that much. You, you know? Yeah. Four decent cars. <laughs> four really solid cars. Could, um, you know, pay off student loans. You could... Uh, pay off all my wife's student loans. Mm-hmm. You could... Um, could adopt a child or several yeah like th- two and a half probably yeah I, at least Three. well no half a child would be good <laughs> but one upper- half child please yeah. <laughs> split right down the middle uh are so you saying you want a, a kid without legs sir exactly if it's half the price <laughs> yeah. I'm in a little bit of a pinch. It's like, do you have any half children or will I have to cut him myself? Just ha- haggling an adoption agent. Yeah. It's like Dewey Cox. He was severed in half by in an axe uh, accident. I don't remember that. What is that? It's very early in the movie. Dewey Cox. Or walk hard. Yeah, oh walk- yeah, walk hard. Okay. Yeah. Uh okay. Mike Shula in Denver interviewing as Broncos quarterback coach. This is as sexy of news as we can get, Will. Right. Um, Snooze has sex appeal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much a quarterback coach does, but basically with Pat Shermer in an offensive coordinator, the Broncos have two guys who have a lot of offensive coordinating experience if they hire Mike Shula. And he, of course, coached right. uh, the Panthers. He was their OC when Cam Newton had his MVP season. So I'm guessing that would be a nice asset to have. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much a QB coach does. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Um, I know in, from 2013 to 2017, uh, they made the playoffs four times in those five years. Um, so you got that. You got the genetics of the most winning, the most winningest quarter or coach, head coach of all time. So you got that too. And um, we can probably forget the fact that he was the Giants offensive coordinator in 2018. Yep. But obviously he did a good job with uh, Daniel Jones last year without Saquon Barkley and without really anyone to throw to. Yeah. If if the Broncos hadn't you know started playing Drew Locke, could you imagine what the rumors would be right now about Cam Newton? If or Eli Manning had he not retired, oh yeah, that would have been that would have been tough. Yeah, that uh, it doesn't surprise me that Eli retired. Uh, just kind of came out of nowhere yesterday. Yeah, so I know like we're we're both pretty. You know, we like Eli. We have nothing against Eli, but uh, like the reverence that he gets spoken about and like the way he's treated by the media is pretty hilarious for a guy who was, uh, who had a 500 career record. And, and um, you, you know, all the stuff about how he was like cut out for the New York media is just so blown out of proportion. And New York as a, as a market loves to suck itself off for how tough it is. I'm like, do you think it's a good thing that you like harass uh, all your star athletes and you like, you praise the ones who just like, don't tell you to fuck off at every turn. I I mean, it it gets really, uh, they're very self-congratulatory. And uh, the Eli stuff, like, again, I have nothing against Eli. 
Um, I think he was a pretty good quarterback. I, yeah, he was all right. I mean, you got, I kind of have to like – obviously, he did what Rivers didn't do, and he won the two Super Bowls. But, you know, I, I knocked that against Rivers for, you know, this X amount of years in a row. He didn't make the playoffs. Um, and you have to do the same thing for Eli, too. He, made the play- he missed the playoffs a lot more than he made the playoffs in his career. Yeah, he had two uh, great think, playoff runs, basically. And yeah, and then um, – Two crazy Super Bowl wins. Right, you know. and I think four one-and-dones. He basically did Joe Flacco twice, and he has the pedigree of a royal football family. Yeah. Like, if Eli Manning wasn't part of the Mannings, I don't think he would get I, – I think he would still – for the Super Bowls, he would still get a lot of love, but – that Manning name, I think, just carries a ton of weight with it. Um, it does. Yeah, there was no point. At no point was he better than his brother. Yeah, that's what's for, crazy. Obviously, except for 2011 when, he, when his brother didn't play and he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. You know? Yeah, and they were different quarterbacks, too. It's, they I were. Mean, for two guys who are probably very genetically similar uh, One based really on good. their – their faces uh <laughs> they have the same amount of super bowls though that's what's so stupid about like the quarterback super bowl sort of thing is it just we, we we realize yeah yes quarterback is the most important position you know on the football field but you have to have a good team to win a super bowl rarely does a single player like that carry a team through a Super Bowl victory, you know, <laughs> all those giant Super Bowl wins over the Patriots were because their defense slowed the Pats offense. Like they yeah. attacked Brady, they yeah. put pressure on him. They kept the, the game low scoring. And then Eli delivered in clutch fashion twice. So, uh, but I don't know. It, that's like a whole conversation that, gets overplayed but yeah Eli Manning will finish as a very overrated quarterback in terms of praise uh but since he did beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl uh I said in yesterday's video not only does he deserve to go to the Hall of Fame the Hall of Fame should be renamed after Eli Manning oh no I'm you know I'll always love him for what he did to the Patriots not once but twice um you know I mean the the second time was so great. The second time's kind of forgotten about just because, you know, that was a chance for the Patriots to kind of erase what happened four years earlier and to you know, take the revenge. And it looked, yeah. you know, that was a great team too, the 2011 team. Um, and it just the Giants just did the exact same thing to them. And it yeah, was, it was just crazy. That's like – that's one of those things to me that seems like a mental hurdle, you know, where you do have the chance to do that and you're so scared that the same thing is going to happen and then it just fucking does. It does in such similar fashion, like a late drive. You know, you have the helmet catch, obviously, first of all, the most athletic thing Eli Manning's ever done. Uh, and then, that, you know, the beautiful pass to Mario Manningham, which, you know, it gets – <laughs> I feel like it's brought up a lot as like one of the best plays in NFL history. It's like, yeah, it was a nice pass and a nice catch. Um, 
but just like you know rich eyes and talking about that patrick mahomes run against the titans as immediately one of the greatest plays in nfl history it was a good play and Uh, re-watching it it, every time it becomes less impressive to me it does yeah i mean tremaine brock really just like tried to like hand tackle him not even arm tackle just hand tackle you remember when we couldn't wait to get Tremaine Brock off the Broncos roster because he just wouldn't do anything. He sucked. Uh, He misses – was he the one who whiffed on that – coming in on that tackle at the end? Yeah. Was he the first – He tried to strip the ball. Linebacker misses early. Um, Mahomes stays in bounds. Everyone's afraid to hit him. Yeah, that's like the big thing. And that's a good segue into this Mike Florio thing. Yeah. Which he basically insinuated that the 49ers, if Mahomes tries to run, should make a statement and hit him. And Chiefs fans are, are freaking out because, you know, no, nobody ever wants to hear somebody say uh, an opposing team should take some shots on their quarterback. I get that. But he's not wrong. Like, during that game, I was like, that play, yeah. re-watching it, I was like, that guy missed an opportunity to lay into Patrick Mahomes the same way Daniel Sorensen did to fucking Ryan Tannehill when he run ran the right. ball. Yeah. That's all Florio's saying is like another team that needs was, to do that. Yeah, that was a legal hit that, you know. Yeah. It was I awesome like too. Quarterbacks get so much leeway now. And, and you know, sure they're more athletic now, but they also have the benefit of you know the the referees on their side whenever they get outside the pocket. And yeah. we forget that they are, should be treated as a runner uh, as soon as they pass that line of scrimmage. And the defense still knows that, like, if you hit the quarterback hard enough, it's just it's going to be a foul on, you know, on principle. Yeah, Re- on hitting too Whether hard. you lowered the helmet or, you know, hitting slide, too hard. Whatever. Um, and I think in the playoffs, they kind of laid off that. At least they did for the Chiefs. Um, you know, the, and, of course, they laid off the Chiefs for a lot of other penalties they were committing in that game. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm with Florio there. You know, nothing illegal. Yeah, and I don't think that's gonna what he's saying. going to make him feel it if he's going to do that. No, and uh, we know first, Chiefs fans are among the most sensitive in the NFL. Um, so, of course, they're pissed off. And Mike Florio's managed to piss off 49ers fans. And Chiefs <laughs> fans simultaneously, which I really respect them for. Um, yeah. and, and don't get me wrong, I, I find a great job. I find Mike Florio uh, annoying uh, as well at times, but I know during the season, I've seen many times where I'm like, defenses aren't taking advantage of quarterbacks when they're running, and I'm yeah. not even talking about Lamar Jackson because, like. Defenses just can't catch him. So that's like a different yeah, they story. Yeah, can't hit on him. I've seen like when Tom Brady's out there and he goes to block, I've seen like defenders not hit him. You know what I mean? When they right. could and when they should have. Um, and that's not – he doesn't even have the ball some of those times, but he's out there running like he's going to block. If I were a defender, I would – You should level him. my shots yeah. to take a shot on him there. But uh, – and I think like the part that – people got I think are getting pissed off about is Florio's talking about like if the quarterback goes to slide it's almost worth getting the you know the 15 yard penalty for 
And I think he was trying to say, like, don't be worried about the quarterback sliding. Yeah. Like, if it's going to cause yeah. you to miss a tackle, right, right, right. it's probably worse than taking the 15-yard flag in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's true. I think that's worrying if QB is going to drop down has caused many defenders to miss tackles over the last, like, season or so. But um, I don't know how much running – Patrick Mahomes is actually going to do in the Super Bowl anyway. The 49ers defense is a little bit different than it's better than the Titans defense. It's better than the Texans defense. It's better than anybody in the AFC West. Yeah, that's I think like the thing at least the front seven. You know, the the secondary behind Sherman is it it can get a little spotty. They don't really know their second cornerback is even, but they have uh their safety, yeah, let me look because I don't remember their names. I don't know if Jaquiski Tart is playing. Uh, you got Jimmy Ward. Yeah, Jimmy too. Ward. He's, He's good. He's a hard hitter. Um, he, could, he could lay the wood a little bit. It's, uh, yeah, Jimmy Ward. Emmanuel Mosley is the guy that they swapped out for Akilla Weatherspoon. Right. And then their slot corner, uh, Quan Williams. He's decent. Um, he is pretty good. He is. I think, like, we'll, we'll do our – get into the prediction of it, but where the 49ers are specifically different, I think their linebackers are a lot more athletic and better in coverage, which with Travis Kelsey is something you need. And that, I think, is an area the 49ers can, can maybe do better. But the, the real thing – that I'm excited about is these are both very good teams. I think they're both playing the best football right now. So it's like we're getting the best matchup for a Super Bowl. And as much as Broncos fans don't want to see the Chiefs in there, if you're talking about it from just a football perspective, it should be yeah. it should be a good game. Uh, like I last think so. year's Super Bowl was a terrible game. Surprisingly just terrible to watch. Yeah, the, I mean, the only upside of last year's Super Bowl was that uh, neither team could score, and so it was, a, it was a close game by default. Yeah, and which if the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl last year and we got a Rams-Chiefs matchup, it would have been different. But I think we were surprised at how well the Rams defense played. And yeah, that was like – that kind of came – they were playing decent, but then them not being able to score as well is just is fucking brutal to watch. I don't think that'll happen this game. Um, I mean, do you think um, do you think both offenses in this game have an advantage over the opposing defense, or do you think there's one that's a little more deadlocked? No, I think they both have an advantage. Um, with the 49ers, like the, their defense. The 49ers defense, I feel like, has more potential to slow the uh, Chiefs offense than the Chiefs defense does to compete with the 49ers run game. Yeah. But that being said, like the, the Chiefs defense has played really well t- towards the end of the season here, and they're giving up like 16 points a game or something. And the 49ers, before the playoffs, when they played a good team – it was always close. So if the other team scored a lot of points, so did the 49ers. Like their defense kind of 
you know, disappeared. But the defense also went through some injuries. They're pretty healthy now. It's – I don't know, man. It's just, it's hard to say because the, the difference is Patrick Mahomes is a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Um, I mean, uh, yes and no. Like He's playing better, but, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to do anything. No, I know. And it's the same, same exact thing we were saying about Ryan Tannehill last week. He's not playing bad. He's just not really playing. No, he hasn't. Um, you know, Garoppolo he was six for eight last week, and two of those passes set up um, one of the early touchdowns. You know, he he was extremely efficient, and to the same on the same note as the Titans, why run or why pass if you can just run? Yeah, I mean, but the the Titans weren't running as effectively as they had. No, and and the 49ers have a different style of running game, too, than the Titans. The Titans are just old school, like give it to Derrick Henry and clear him out in the middle. And we saw what a difference Chris Jones made in the middle of that Chiefs defense. Uh, Chris Jones, you know, Frank Clark to an extent, um, as much as everyone should hate him, um, did a good job on on Derrick Henry – because I think they're able to overpower that Titans offensive line with the 49ers. It's, it's a lot of stretch runs, a lot of tosses, a lot of counters deception. Yeah. The uh, speeds, the speed's going to be an issue, I think. Um, right. And the, like, let's just say, and I, I'm not saying this was the case, but say Derek Henry was just kind of having an off day where, you know, he's still playing pretty good, but maybe just, he wasn't himself. The 49ers have three different backs. They can yeah. rotate in there like, and find if, if one guy's not performing, they have other options, and the Titans did not have that. And the other difference is the 49ers have legitimate receiving threats. And as much as I really like uh, A.J. Brown in Tennessee, like you have to defend George Kittle every single play and Kittle can block on every single play. Yeah. Then you have Emmanuel Sanders, which is just a smart receiver who is going to make things easy for Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the chiefs a little bit. And Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne are great third options to have. Well, I, th- I, think Debo Debo Samuel most, I think he's like turning a, into the number one. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, right. There's, if the running game – even if the running game is not going perfectly for San Francisco, the Chiefs have to respect the pass more than they did against the Titans. Um, but, yeah. Um, there, there's going to be more mismatches. Whether or not San Francisco executes and takes advantage of that, I don't know. But we'll find ways. You for, got two, two very different – two great tight ends – uh, yeah. who's uh, extremely li- extremely likable. Uh, another one that I really just don't want to hear him open his mouth ever again as long as I live. And they play very differently. Travis Kelsey is kind of like a slot wide receiver, just like a really big slot wide receiver who exploits zones. Yeah, he's and, great and at George that. George Kittle is the best blocking tight end in the league. And, you know, when you get him out on bootlegs and like waggle routes, he's just impossible to defend. Uh, and, and can like stretch the defense. You can go deep. 
can do all these different things. And I think I would rather have Kittle just because he's so instrumental in the run game. And Kelsey, real like Kelsey's a great wide receiver. I, I know he'll block sometimes, but and he's a huge mismatch in the passing game too. Yeah, but in he's the red zone, I think like Kelsey a, is a traditional tight end. Yeah, I think like Kelsey's Kelsey and Mahomes have a good relationship. Like they're just two guys that are, I feel like they're always on the same page. And when Mahomes doesn't have something on third down, he can always find Travis Kelsey. Um, like maybe again, that's yeah, I mean their advantage, but again, I'm worried about Tyreek Hill in this yeah. game just because they worried about him every fucking game. Yeah, no one has. They don't. They're not deep in the secondary. They're just not. No, and you you basically just have to assume he's going to burn you for one touchdown. Like you, you just assume that. Yeah, and hopefully it's not like too long. <laughs> and you hope you don't let it happen not twice. Yards. You know. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's the best. He's like, he's the biggest game changer uh, in football probably right now. The yeah. things he does for that offense, or whether or not he's getting the ball. He gets Sammy Watkins open. He gets Kelsey open. He gets the running backs open. Uh, yeah, he makes they're a, they're a nightmare to defend. Very easy. Um, nightmare to defend. You have to right. you have to get to Mahomes with your your four. And they can like that's the that's, thing is that's they one thing. they have the absolute like the Chiefs' offensive line is really really good, and I think the 49ers' defensive line is like a little bit better and yeah, that is I, I would agree they have to do that's what they have to hang their hat on it's really got to be it's got to be the Nick Bosa show because all four of their guys like Eric Armstead's been great Bosa's obviously obviously been great Solomon Thomas even got in the action against Minnesota um and then obviously um DeForest Buckner and, and D Ford uh, and we can talk about D Ford too because uh, I think it was Mitchell Schwartz who said that it wasn't his fault um, that they uh, lost the, the Patriots last year. And yeah, obviously, I think it's Mitchell's not. just trying to be uh, over complimentary because he's going to have to block D Ford. Right. I think that's mental. Yeah. Mental. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's the same way that the Broncos would have beaten the Ravens if not for Raheem Moore. It's like, well, right. You know, if not for Raheem Moore, then they would have won the game. If he had not done that one thing, you know, maybe they're not there if he's not on the team. I, I think it's different with Ford and Raheem Moore. D Ford's a much better player. But if you take out that one play, they do go to the Super Bowl. And that's not to say, though, they couldn't have taken that one play and kept it, and they could have won the game in a different way. You could say the same thing about the Saints last year, too. It wasn't the end of the game. You still get an opportunity to win. Uh, in some cases, multiple. In the Saints, um, in the Saints case. But yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> well, in 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 that Chiefs game too, it's like you let the Patriots score fourteen points. You were down fourteen to zero heading into halftime in that game last year in the playoffs. You know, with the D Ford thing. So. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs, they scored 24 points in that fourth quarter last season when they lost to the Patriots. Um, 
So yeah, they're, it's not I mean, all they're the Golden State it. Warriors. They are the Golden State Warriors. Um, Patrick Mahomes is Steph. Cur- well, no, I'd say Tyreek Hill is kind of Steph Curry because he's the reason the rest of that offense works because he can score anywhere on the field hmm. slash court pretty much. And he opens up things for, for everybody else, but that's a team that can be beaten at the same time. Any team can be beaten. I mean, yeah, I know. I, I just mean that like we've gotten to a place now where everyone's anointed the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'm not like, I'm, you know, out of character. I'm not saying that facetiously people have talked about him now after his second full year of playing quarterback in the NFL, he is now the best quarterback in football history. Like look at Max Kellerman on ESPN or like guys like that. Yeah. Those guys are, and I know they're take artists, but there's always truth behind what they're saying. No, I'm sure. Well, yeah, or I guess. Like it's something they believe. I think we're you and I are in positions where we kind of have to believe points that we make. Uh, I, yeah, no, we don't. We unless don't it's a joke. Anything. Like I think right. an obvious joke. We have a, a pretty clear line of like, it's either a sarcastic take because we're making fun of that shit, kind of, or we have nobody to be holding to. So we're always going to try and write things as like the way we actually see them versus trying to get people upset or pissed off or talking about something. So we can yeah. say Patrick Mahomes is playing amazing football. He's a great quarterback, but we're not going to say, we would never say a guy in his second year is the best that's ever done it. Unless Patrick Mahomes threw for like, if he threw, 6,500 yards and for 70 touchdowns, went undefeated, and then won the Super Bowl by a 55-0 to zero blowout. And it was all like his off – he was – it was like if it was – it, it would have to be something that crazy to be like that's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably jump off a bridge at that point. But uh... – <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we saw – I think what's cool is – Well, we've gone to like Brady is the undisputed – best of all time which I don't think either of us ever believed at any point just watching him play you can tell like that you know we've watched all the great quarterbacks play and it's like no it's just it doesn't pass the eye test like I know he's the most accomplished quarterback of all time but people love to remove context from the conversation because it makes things more nuanced and it's not as black and white um, and it's harder to come to a decision and and it uh, it creates more discussion, which people don't want to discuss. They just want to throw out their take and have people either say yes or no. Yeah. It's, but it, there's more to it than that, obviously. And it's like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were, were great because they, they lacked some, some, like, some athletic skill points that other guys yeah. had. And I think it forced them – to take a much more sort of regimented cerebral approach where they worked harder to refine all of the little things and that paid off for them. And I'm not saying like Patrick Mahomes won't do that or Lamar Jackson won't do that, uh, but those guys are so athletically gifted. Same way like I think Aaron Rodgers is and – yeah. Where if, right. 
I think once – it feels to me like Aaron Rodgers is at a point where he's still a great quarterback, but athletically he's not quite as good as he was, and he's going to have to really train and hone in on all of the small things that make quarterbacks great if he wants to, I don't know, get back to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, and I actually – I want to talk about Rodgers in a second. But, yeah, to your point – Manning and Brady are you're like mechanics, 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 study the defense six hours a day. Yeah. Um, and then just work on mechanics and timing and everything else. It's like Elway was yeah. never that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Not really. Although Elway did have good mechanics. No, he had all of that, that stuff. But like, I but guess. He could also what, work off script. He's yeah, better off script. I think, you know, and he, he started to play better when Mike Shanahan got there. There's always that pairing, too, of being with yeah. the right coach. And Patrick Mahomes has that with Andy Reid. Uh, Jimmy G is a great fit for what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Like, Shanahan's not going to make him try and do shit he can't do on the field. Obviously, Brady had that. The yeah, great- I mean, Mahomes, you could argue, has he has a Hall of Fame coach in Andy Reid. And it's like, you know, he's already a Hall of Famer. It's just going to be solidified if they win in, in a week. He's got a, a future, you know, uh, arrest pending. He's got a future Hall of Fame wide receiver in Tyree Kill, Hall of Fame tight end in Travis Kelsey, and, you know, a borderline Hall of Fame tackle in uh, Mitchell Schwartz, I think. Yeah, Schwartz has developed into a great tackle. Um, we really, like, don't <laughs> – No, Mahomes, I mean, I had, did, but... he, Mahomes walked into an ideal situation, perfect situation for a young QB. Um it's in the Chiefs offense does what the Patriots offense does so well. And it's get guys into space to make throws easy for the quarterback. So as good as Patrick Mahomes is like, he doesn't have to make a ton of difficult throws through a game. You know what I mean? He makes right. impressive throws because he extend he extends plays, but um, he, that offense gets guys open. You see, he's that also he's also like inspired a new generation of quarterbacks um, to learn the game the wrong way. I think. You mean by doing this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like I was watching um, a video of Spencer Rattler, who is going to be Oklahoma's new quarterback. Oh, is that where he's like running around doing all the the yeah. Which is so fucking dumb. Um, because you know, he can't, you know, he misses like a, a halfback flare by 10 feet, but you know, at least he can, uh, run to his right and throw a no look pass 20 yards across the field to his left, because that's, you know, that's what really matters when you're playing quarterback and not everyone's got like a freak twitchy arm like Mahomes. Um, and, and you can see it like in drew lock a little bit too. And I think he's more focused on, you know, the mechanics and like, uh, playing within himself a little more, and he doesn't like take those crazy risks. But you can, you can see where he, like he goes sidearm sometimes and kind of extends those plays in the same way. Uh, but no one's like got the athleticism. I, I don't think that Mahomes has in his arm, aside from Rogers. Yeah, who I kind of wanted to touch on because uh, I was I thought he really sucked in that NFC Championship game, and he played like one of the most uninspired games of his career. I know he's not working with a lot on that offense. Right. 
but he didn't take chances until they were down, what, like 30 points late in the game. Really didn't push the ball down the field. Was checking off most of the time. Uh, just kind of like fading back on his throws. Uh, really just like a poor performance, I thought, that is kind of obscured by you know, a halfway decent stat line, like a good completion percentage. And and those last few throws uh, helped his yards per attempt a lot. So I don't think it's going to look that bad on the stat sheet, but that was a really bad game, I thought, from him. Yeah, his play has declined. Um, you know, he had those two, like, back-to-back injury seasons, right? Yeah. And then was this last year, the first year he was fully healthy, or was it the year before? I think he was fully healthy. I think he was fully healthy in 2018. Yeah, it just seems like it seems like he has to have a better. I don't even know how to put it because he just misses throws sometimes that you expect him to make. Yeah, well, because he's got you know you see that from Mahomes too. Like on short throws, they should be the easiest ones. They both have really lazy mechanics, and that's where it shows up. It makes me think of Joe Flacco, too, because I felt like he struggled with short throws as well. And it's like, yeah. how can you? How can somebody who's been in the game that long yeah, yeah, not like have the easiest fucking throw down? And it's like Flacco, and it feels like it's, it really affects the tallest of quarterbacks, but there's like, like wheel routes to running backs, and he just fucking fires it, and the ball just goes in a beeline to the ground. You're like, what are you doing? I mean, that's <laughs> the best That's the best thing that Brady does is, like, he's got perfect mechanics on the throws. Oh, yeah. He never missed seven yards. Shit. Until this season. He started missing a lot of throws. You're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but throughout his career, like, just money easy throw, always on target. And his deep throws, he didn't throw unless it was there and he connected a lot. It was – fucking infuriating when you watched it because right. it's not super impressive, but the ball was always there. So yeah, it, it, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how we're talking about Mahomes in five years. I think he's going to develop and evolve with the game. I'm really hoping Drew Locke is good because having – I'm hoping he's great because having two great quarterbacks in the same division – is fun for fans, but also it's like great for football. Like imagine if Brady and Manning were in the same division or some shit like that, like the kind of games you would get. And I'm hoping like the Broncos have that in Drew Locke to compete with Mahomes and like it gets that national sort of attention and, and people are talking about that again. Um, right. Cause it ain't happening with the Raiders or the chargers anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, depending on who the Chargers draft or who the Raiders draft for that for yeah, that matter, but we won't know for a couple of years either way. Um, who, I mean, if you could have one quarterback right now to start your team, any guy in the league, who do you want? Oh man, I'm tempted to say Deshaun Watson. Ooh, that's a good good answer. Just because I think if you put Watson in that Chiefs offense, uh, it would be roughly the same. Yeah, Watson to me is a lot like uh, like Mahomes, except he doesn't—he just doesn't have the coach there. <laughs> yeah, he's got the terrible coach, 
Africa, Sean. Yeah, he's got like the play. He's got the management skills of Andy Reid without like the play calling skills. Yeah, which is the, a recipe for disaster. He's got a really, really bad offensive line. Pretty much yeah. uh, was- his entire time with Houston. He's got behind Hopkins. You know, he really doesn't have a tight end. He doesn't have much to work with at running back either. If you could, uh, if you could put it's Hopkins in like an injured Will Fuller, I would love to put Deshaun Watson on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh yeah, that would be fun. That's a winner. That would be fun. Yeah, Watson. That's a good answer. I'm. I was thinking of like Russell Wilson too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think Wilson would be there too. To me, for a lot of the same reasons. To me, it's like Watson, Wilson, Mahomes are all great picks. I think Joe Burrow is going to be really good. Uh, Lamar Jackson was incredibly fun to watch this season. Uh, I don't think Lamar Jackson transcends scheme though, like like uh, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson do though. Because if you can, you know, if you can set up your offense perfectly like that, and I don't think he gets talked about how good the Ravens' offensive line is. No, that's uh, guys like lost. guys like Marshall Yonda and you know Ronnie Stanley and all those guys. But uh, you have to have the right offense in place to make Lamar Jackson work. Whereas if you have Deshaun Watson in your offense, it will work because of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's like a. Uh... Mm, I've got no metaphor. <laughs> I, mean, I was, yeah, was, was going to try to think of a car metaphor, and then I, I remembered I don't know anything about fucking cars. <laughs> um, but to actually, actually, a new answer for uh, who I would start my team with, Colin Kaepernick. Ooh, yes. There is how we get the clicks, Will. That's, That's my wokest take of the day. Uh. Gary Kubiak gonna OC for the Vikings, which makes yeah. a lot of sense, obviously. Um, right, yeah, because Stefanski was their offensive coordinator. Now he's in Cleveland. Um, yeah, he just kind of takes a step up, and I have to give Gary Kubiak credit because uh, just you know three years ago, um, Paxton Lynch almost killed him. <laughs> from how bad he was uh, and a near <laughs> Nearly three gave him a heart attack back on the sideline. Yeah. So he, uh, he got a hand it to him for, for coming back despite uh, um, Paxton Lynch's best efforts to kill his head coach. Congratulations for surviving Paxton Lynch, Gary. Yeah. The greatest <laughs> health risk to a head coach is a yeah. bad quarterback. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's really funny. Gary Kubiak, uh, him and Stefanski, I read, sort of like meshed their offensive sort of schemes, and obviously it worked for the Vikings. But like that's just like that. If the Vikings can get a better offensive line, they have a better chance to compete in the postseason. I think. Uh, who knows? Like Kubiak, that's yeah. Kubiak uh, seems to inherit shitty offensive lines too. <laughs> he does, yeah, he really does. I don't think he's had a good offensive line since uh yeah, since like two thousand five. Yeah. Whatever the last year was before he we went to the Houston Texans. Um <laughs> the the Broncos also they fired their lead contract negotiator. Right. Which is right. interesting. So 
I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but it feels like they want to take a different approach with, I guess, players. Uh, well, I don't think they didn't fire him. His contract ran oh, out. They just didn't renew, didn't renew it. it. Yeah. Which I think is different. Um, but like, I've always thought they've been pretty good at, at giving out contracts for the most part. Um, it's always been kind of the quarterbacks aside team benefit. It's been beneficial to the team financially. Mm-hmm. They've never been in a bad, like They've never been in cap. cap hell. Spot. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think they'll stay safe with that. I know, uh, was it Shelby Harris hired drew Rosenhaus house to be his new agent. Well, which, well drew Rosenhaus has a lot more, uh, time on his schedule now. Yeah. But Rosenhaus also, uh, doesn't accept anything less than max. Yeah. So I think that hurts her- Shelby's chances of coming back. I just want one. <laughs> I-, I want either Harris or Wolf, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I don't Wolf, think you're going to get them both and that's okay. Cause you know, I think yeah. Draymond Jones is ready to ready to start. It would be cool to see Wolf like retire as a Bronco. Um, yeah. Shelby, Shelby Harris is, you know, younger and I think he's got better years ahead of him. So that's what would be exciting about Shelby. But I mean, like as the 49ers are proving right now, you cannot have too many good defensive linemen. No, no, you really can't. They proved it. I mean, the, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they proved it. It's, it's one of those things. Like if your defensive line is, one of the top three in the league, you have a chance to compete with any team because you can control the game from that point. And that's like, it's going to be interesting to see if they actually do that against the Chiefs. Yeah. And the 49ers, like to their credit, they even whiffed on a defensive lineman, I think with their third overall pick in 2017, when they took Solomon Thomas, who looked like he was going to be great. And I think like, just like had some uh, issues kind of going on outside of football that have hamstrung him a little bit. And he's been like pretty decent in spurts. Like I said, in that Vikings game, he got a sack. Uh, But even having kind of just like missed on, you know, a top three pick, the fact that they still have, like they came back, it's like we got the number two pick. You'd be like, oh, we've invested so many resources in in it already. Like a first on Buckner, uh, first on Armstead a top three on Thomas. You have the, you know, the second overall pick now. It's like, do you really want to spend another on a defensive lineman? It's like, well, here's uh, Nick Bosa. And, you know, so far he's been like, you know, maybe the best rookie. Yeah. And I mean, they have that in terms of people projecting Bosa to go to them was not a surprise, but to just stick by that and see it pay off. Like, because in John Lynch won GM of the year, right? He got the general manager. Yeah, I mean, he might become a Hall of Famer as a general manager before he does as a safety. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, um, just for for trading that number two pick to Chicago for <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, yeah. who I don't think they were going to take in the first place, is nope. you know a great a great move. Uh, like a, just like a couple months onto the job as GM and like that's your first move in the draft is pretty legendary. Think about this though. Think if instead of Solomon Thomas, the 49ers take Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, they're still, you know, probably in the Super Bowl right now. Can <laughs> <laughs> be honest with you. Are and, you, uh, are you, are you more willing to be impressed by Patrick Mahomes if he's wearing 49ers colors? 
No, because I probably not because like where I live, people, you know, I'd be just around as many people oh, sucking them off all day. You would. So. Do you think the problem for you is, uh, is, why is players, it a me problem? <laughs> players, uh, because we're not talking about Tom Brady, um, players getting more credit than they deserve. Is that what mostly bothers you? Yeah. I mean, all to, like, Mahomes is a division rival. So you're going to have some bias towards him no matter what as a Broncos fan. But I think in general, my perception of you is you just hate when guys get too much credit when you don't feel like they've earned it yet. Yeah. Is that fair? Of course. Like with quarterbacks, it's either like, you know, it's, uh, it's all or nothing right? at that position. And, yeah, like, of course, like I don't like playing the Chiefs. Um, but I'm willing to recognize that it is the Chiefs and not their quarterback. Um, that is the reason they are where they are. A little bit of both, but okay. I mean, he, a, he is one of 53 players on the Chiefs, on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I get it. All right, here's just another thing. Okay, so the, the 49ers, they took Solomon Thomas three, right? And he's playing better now, and he might develop and be one of those guys who starts to play better late. But yeah. if you're the 49ers, say you don't take Solomon Thomas – I'm just going to go down the list of the guys drafted after him, and you tell me the first guy that you go, oh, fuck, that's the guy they should have taken, okay? Okay. All right, so picked after Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette. No. Corey Davis. No. Jamal Adams. Uh, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. That would be the first guy I would be excited about if I were the 49ers. Uh, Mike Williams for the Chargers. Yeah, like I don't know how much he fits into that offense because it's a very like horizontal offense sometimes in the passing game, um, and not like a jump ball offense like in uh, with the Chargers. So like you know, obviously like he'd be good there, but I don't think it's a perfect fit. Here's an interesting one. <laughs> okay. Did I did I sound like a radio guy? No. Here's yes. the interesting one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, like, he'd, he'd be great. But at the same time, like, I don't want a running back in the first round with Kyle Shanahan. Like, it's just not necessary. And do you think Christian McCaffrey's even – Of course even, he'd be a better pick than Solomon Thomas, yeah. Do you think he would – but I don't think McCaffrey would be as productive with the 49ers. I don't think so either because, like, he'd be splitting carries. Yeah. Uh, then you got John Ross. I think – put John Ross on the Chiefs. Like, he's got 10 touchdowns this year. Then it's Patrick Mahomes. Okay. We already talked about that. And like let's And Deshaun Watson coming up. Okay, Deshaun Watson would be great. In between them, Marshawn Lattimore. That I think would have really, really, really this is a different team, I think, yeah. with Marshawn Lattimore. So basically pick eleven. The 49ers could have Jamal Adams would have been interesting, but Knowing what maybe the 49ers could really use right now, if you were to the trade out Solomon quarter. Thomas for Marshawn Lattimore, I think you'd do that for the 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I don't really have anything else today. Will? Yeah, I think, we, I think we covered a lot there. Just good old football talking. Uh, well, I mean, we talked a lot about Chiefs 49ers. I guess we'll talk more about it 
next week. Got more to talk about. And there should be, you know, hopefully some more storylines. Um, what I love about Miami is we should get like one pre Super Bowl arrest. A prostitution sting, a uh, domestic drug, violence, drunk. the second team that's playing. I want to see one player somehow. Uh, I want to see one player attend Gronk's party. When is it? Is it before? Like the day before? Oh, I think. Uh, I don't know. Let me let me look back up real quick. And it's not during Gronk February first, Saturday. Yeah, day before. Yeah, that would be that'd be egregious. Yeah. Uh, that'd be tough. Being really hungover for the Super Bowl. I would never. No. What do you what do you what do you usually do on Super Bowl Sunday? It's like a work day for me. It's really yeah, I guess. Boring. I guess. Um, do you have anybody ever? Last year I did not. The year before it was just like my parents and friend of like my friend. I have a friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a friend. Right on. Um, yeah, it's like I want to enjoy it more, but it's like if I can just get a video up that night, it's always better. I don't know what I'll do this year. Maybe I'll try to be social. You could always do that. What are views, Thanks. you know? Yeah, no, nothing. I mean, nothing. They really don't. I mean, how, like, how well do the Super Bowl videos do usually? Because like people have so many outlets. Uh... Yeah, I would even I would have to look. <laughs> they do if they're not great, you know. It's like the same as the other ones, you know? I guess so. But if I can YouTube's just it's a fucking grind in the game. Well I take it back. Like people want to know what you think about what just happened more than like a lot of other places. It's getting that way. The, You're kind of like the Scott Van Pelt of the internet. Oh yeah. I don't just come I don't come just to see the highlights. I can see the highlights anywhere. Get to I want Brandon Perna's take on it. A nice take. I also want Scott Van Pelt's take on it. And if we can get him on the show, I think we'll, we'll yeah. have to do that. Scott's good. SB, SVP is good. He is. He the is. first, like, the best sports center in the game. The first, like, actual sports show I started listening to that wasn't just Bronco shit was uh, SVP and Rosillo. That, yeah, that's like an all time duo right there. They were so good. And it's SVP like, is awesome. Yeah, like, Rosillo's like your sports dude, right? And yeah, then, he knows a lot about a lot. And Scott and Van Pelt, like, he's just got the good personality. He knows his shit, and he can just bounce between topics. Just enough humor to keep you, like, entertained. I don't know. Was, and they're not they're not take guys. No, it was always, like, that's why I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it's not bullshit. Yeah. I mean, you can either, like, throw out takes, or you can know what you're talking about. And it's harder to know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not usually, like, you're not rewarded for knowing what you're talking about as much as you are for just coming up with takes and, like, working working from the conclusion backwards. Right. It, you know, they come up with the opposite of the scientific method. They're given a take, and they find out reasons to, like, support that. Um, and then how to, you know, dissect the other person's take. But it, it really is a backwards way of doing things, but it is, you know, it is the most profitable method of sports entertainment. Yeah. Because it, it's all it is. It's entertainment, and then some shows are, like, actually um, enlightening. Others are theater. 
Yeah, and I think like what I like to do is find the ridiculous things that actually happen and then yes. comment on those. But right, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. And mask uh, our actual uh, lack of robust knowledge. robust knowledge. I was yeah, say. yeah, yeah. With we know our football shit though. A couple like, jokes, a couple um, Josh's jests and jokes here and there. Yeah, I could talk football with SVP with Rusillo. Now, oh, absolutely. You go into any other sport, I can't. Yeah, well, that's what you got me for. That's why I got Will. Yep. All right, thanks for listening to this fucking podcast. Thank you. Uh, I think we, I don't know if I swore until just now.